The shadows of storm and night, the mysteries of life and light. From unearthly peculiarities, celestial and divine, to apparitions and transcendental signs, you're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends. And welcome to the spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Hello. How was your Christmas? Very laid back, quiet. Yeah, same here. Boring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I saw my family later in the afternoon, but it was just my mother and I all day long. Didn't make anything. Well, I made eggplant parmesan. Kind of special. We had Christmas enchiladas. I know. I was kind of jealous that you had those and i was like i want your mom's recipe you're like nope nope did you get to watch any new movies or any good shows anything if i could remember anything (laughs) did you get blackout drunk on christmas no um i had a few glasses of wine at my sister's house oh so today stuff it's the best of 2020 i was looking through all of the episodes and we put out more episodes than an average podcast does in six months. I want to let everybody know out in podcast land that Becky does everything and I just show up. And Oh my, no, she brings that je ne sais quoi. <laughs> so Steph is definitely an asset. Well, Becky works really hard and it's something that I know that she's really good at doing. I know nothing about computers or editing. <laughs> oh boy. And, uh, so I try. I'm in awe. I try. I think we put out 26 episodes in three months. And what a feat that is. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's hard lining up guests. It's hard getting your thoughts together and your material together. But we did it. This episode is going to be rounding out season one. And we want to drop a clip from Films of Fright, which is our very first episode, with one of our favorite reoccurring guests, Ricky. He has always great stories, a great voice. And the ladies love them. some friends when the ring came out in theaters went to go see it and one of my friends he he lives on one of the indian reservations around here and so coming home we caught a really late showing i was on the reservation dropping him off at like gosh it was probably almost one o'clock in the morning and there's a lot of stories that float around about that place but uh, at the time i didn't know a whole lot about that and so I drop my friend off and he's getting out of my car and he just kind of peers back in and he's just like, stick to the road you came in on. And I didn't really know what that meant. I don't know if he was, at the time I was like, is he afraid of me getting lost? Like what? And so I go back the way I came, which is kind of the long way to where I had to go afterwards. But you know, I'm doing it and there's on one side of me, big open field, another side, complete forest. 
and my car just shut off. And, you know, this is the reservation, guys, okay? I mean, it's a lot different there. There's no street lights. There's no nothing. You don't... No. It, it, it's totally different place. No and, law. <laughs> yeah, no law. Um, I mean, I mean, I was pretty friendly with a lot of the locals, so I wasn't too worried about anybody messing with me or anything. But I, I, I was kind of worried, like, you know, young kid, broken down. I got two friends who are all antsy in the back wanting to go home. And my piece of crap car dies. And at the time, I thought it was just the car. But I turn the key back, turn it back again, and the lights turn on, but the engine doesn't even try to turn over. I don't even know how that happens. You know when your, your you know... Batteries. That batteries that, like, you should yeah. some ticking noise. If yeah, yeah no, none of that whatsoever. Yeah. And the radio was off because we were talking, and the radio by itself came on. There was no station. It was all, like, staticky, but... Certain words came through, like "get out," oh, you know, all wow. of these things. And we're sitting there, and I have one friend. At the, I'm a bit different now. I'm I'm kind of uh, less skeptical of that stuff now. But back then, I was fairly skeptical, and I kept trying to say everything was going to be okay. You know, we're fine. We're only like a half mile from my friend's place that we just dropped off. Worst comes to worst, we just walk back. But he he's refusing to get out of the car. He's freaking out. I pop the hood. Everything's fine. Can't see anything wrong. Uh, so I shut the hood again, and I was going to get back in the car to figure out what we were going to do. And I sat down, and I put my hands on the steering wheel, and all the lights turned back on again. Wow. And so I started it up. Everything worked fine. We drove out of there. But it was right after seeing the ring. It's like the, <laughs> the worst possible time you know you'd want to experience something like that but i'll never forget that it was it was just strange episode two episode two was actually my first interview and it was with marcy johnston and that was fun she was awesome Mm -hmm. she did such a great job and her stories were so cool and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it i would highly recommend going back and listening to it I'm going to play you a clip from that now. My great uncle was in like a, like a hospice type place. He was put in, he started to get dementia and they put him in a, like a nursing home. And then something happened, I don't know if he fell, but he got worse all of a sudden and he had to go to this hospice place. And so I went there with my husband one night, you know, I I didn't want the guy to die. He was like a really cool guy when I was a kid. He was like the, you know, he was like the great uncle that would say, hey, come over here. Like he's going to tell you a secret. And you go already say, hold out your hand. And you put like a stack of like 50 cent pieces in your hand or something. <laughs> and he just always thought, just always like a really sweet, nice man with like a good sense of humor. Like it was just really kind of terrible to see him decline. And, you know, he got to the point where he kind of didn't know who anybody was. And so then he's in this, this hospice place. And I went to go visit him and his daughter and granddaughter were visiting him. But they, they were like, oh, well, we're going to go to the, the cafeteria. So we'll give you guys some time with him. So I went in there, and I'm in there with my husband, and my husband felt kind of awkward, you know, so he's kind of hanging back. And I'm in there, and he's, like, he didn't have a shirt on, and he kept pulling, like, the blanket down. And it was winter, and I was like, oh, he's got to be. I wonder if he's cold. And so I was trying to pull the blanket sort of back up for him so he wouldn't be cold. 
and I swear to you, he was the only one in the room. He didn't have a roommate. I heard a woman's voice say, just leave him alone. It's like, oh, just you know, just leave him alone. Like, don't, you know, don't pull on his blanket. Don't try to cover him up. Just leave him alone. And I was like, wow, there's nobody else in the room. But I heard that, like, clear as day. I don't know who it was. And I, I kind of wonder if it was – I had a great aunt that died before I was even born. And she was one of the first people to, to get open-heart surgery. She didn't make it. She didn't survive the surgery. So I wonder – Sometimes I kind of wonder if it was her, you know, because it wasn't a voice that I recognized. But it seemed like as though it was to somebody looking out for him. It didn't seem like it was. Yeah. There was, you know, because they always say like your relatives are kind of around you before you die. Yes. Yes. And he died like two or three days after that. Yeah. The visitations begin. Yeah. But that's just amazing that you heard that. Yeah. I heard it like it was like a person in the room say, why don't you just leave him alone? And I was like, okay, (laughs) because there's somebody here. What's going on? You know, like it was just a regular voice. It wasn't a whisper or anything like that. That was the first time I've ever heard the word docent, right? That was what she did. Is she still a docent? No, no? that was uh, back in the day. She started off as a Victorian home docent. Yeah, I was like, never heard that word before. I never had either. And then after that interview, I had heard docent several times. It was weird. It was like one of those weird things that happens. Hmm. You hear a new word and all of a sudden you're hearing it on television. Yeah. You're hearing <laughs> people telling stories. And you're like, what the hell? I guess I was meant to learn docent. <laughs> but she was cool. Was yeah, it? she had a great personality, great person to listen to. Yeah. Very fun. Definitely uh, one of my favorite to start the podcast off with that was Mm -hmm. cool so for our next episode it was episode three and that was our randonautica and this is another thing that i'd never heard of becky had to send me a bunch of uh, youtube videos to kind of update me on what this was and uh, we had to go on an adventure ourselves just to show people what it was like on a personal level yeah and it was a lot of fun actually it was and this is our number one episode the listenership has gone way up. It's just, it's just raining. I know. And I would never expect that. You know, it's one of those things where it could be like catching right now. And I'm not aware. I'm not a very person that's looking at trends, but it really surprised me that that is. Because... I was too, because the audio quality was crap on that episode, <laughs> but I think it's the content. I think people want to know more about the app. Yeah. So we did our best with that. We'll have to do that again, though. And and I'd like to get somebody in that does this all the time, that has some really good Mm. stories to share. But we'll find him or her. Yeah. (laughs) Or a puppy dog that does it. (laughs) Here's the clip from episode three, Randonautica. investigator named Rob sent us over a video and he had ended up at an abandoned it was like a church or a house with a little graveyard in the front and it had homemade graves like three of them and I'm just going to read to you what Rob wrote and then I'm going to play you a little bit of an audio clip from the video so Rob wrote the app Randonautica is fucked up put us at an abandoned house with three grave markers Doing a ghost box session was crazy. Hearing banging, which sounded like it was coming from underground, was creepy. We went back to see if we could hear it again and nothing. Strange. Here's an audio clip trimmed down of the video Rob sent us. So this app just gave us 
these coordinates to check out. Uh, do you think we should go there? Yeah, let's go. It is really creepy back here. I just heard a voice. I hope that got picked up on camera. Oh my god. There are grave markers here. What do you see? There's grave markers right there. Is that what those are? Yeah. One says Riley. Says what? One says Riley and the other has a B. And there's one that's down. This is Lexi. Let's do a ghost box session. So right now we have the ghost boxes set. A light. A light. There's a light on the camera. Now is the is the letter B stand for like Betty? No. No. I want to know who the B name is. Who's the the girl or the person? B. It just said B. Yeah. I get the the impression of Betty. Am I close? Yes. I'm thinking it's more Betty. Ben? Betty. Was there any type of issues here? Like any problems? Any abuse? Any type of rituals that were bad? We just said leave. Doesn't want us talking about that. It's getting colder, isn't it? Yeah. Like a lot colder. A lot colder. Oh, it's heavy right around here, actually. Getting goosebumps. What's, what's near? Oh my god, it is. I feel like we're surrounded. My camera's all blurry again, also. You just look at this, it's completely blurry. This isn't. What is this? That was one of my friends, Rob Hernandez, and he had sent me that clip. And uh, I'm hoping to get Rob on the show sometime, too. He's an awesome box builder and paranormal investigator. I thought that clip was worthy of making it into the best of 2020. So next episode we're going to remember is episode four. And that was where we interviewed my brother, Tim, who lives in Sardinia in Italy. Our cultural series. Yeah, that was our cultural series. We want to do more of these. And also this is doing pretty well. Oh, yeah, it's up there as far as people are very interested. I think they like the historical aspects of things Mm -hmm. and the cultural aspects of things. So, yeah, this is this is another good one. I would say it's very historical. Of course, we're trying to do more like what was the supernatural aspects of these things. So he tried to tie all that in. So it's a really good episode to listen to. It is. And he spoke really well. And actually, let's give him a little plug. He has his own podcast, Tim Edie. What is that called? Searching for Italy? Yes. Yeah, it is up on, I believe, all the major platforms. You can find it on YouTube as well. And that seems to be doing really well. So if you're interested in Sardinia, Italy, I would definitely check out Searching for Italy with Timothy Eady. And here's that clip now. too far from Sassari, near Alguero and Argentiera. In Argentiera, if you were to travel there, besides it being beautiful, this camp, it looks like typical Wild West mining place. And it's abandoned now, of course. 
I think maybe they were looking for silver. And there was an accident. Much like in Syracuse, New York, I remember there was the mining accident during World War One. Like 50 people died. It's a similar story where a lot of people died. It's to the point where they have ghost hunters that go there. Apparently, you can hear the pickaxes picking. Sometimes it's been reported that someone questions, like, why are they there? Or get out. These spirits are very angry. They appear to be very angry. And maybe because they lived in underground <laughs> for, like, most of yeah. their, their work and their life. And then they died, like, in a brutal way. I found a website where they talk about, oh, this is the, the ghost hunters. But I think everything they posted was taken offline or off YouTube. So, sadly, I, I was really curious to see what they found. Um, but it is kind of creepy there. You drive there, it, it looks like a typical Wild West. They could film a, a Wild West film there. Like um, a spaghetti western. Yeah, actually, a lot of spaghetti westerns were filmed in Sardinia. Interesting fact. <laughs> Our next episode that we're going to share the clip from is episode five. And that was Urban Legends and Bonfire Tales. I had a lot of fun with that episode. It was nice to get into our local mythology or whatever you yeah, want to call it. Our, yeah, for sure. And I like just being able to share stories around the bonfire as well. And I think we really were starting to loosen up at that point. Mm -hmm. So here's a little clip from a few of our bonfire guests sharing some of their short stories. Our barracks out in uh, California were haunted. All my friends had told me about them having issues in their rooms. Their faucets would randomly turn on and they would make jokes about it like they named their ghost and told them to turn off and the faucets would turn off. So we had the, like the secret room where it was a hard key to unlock it. All the rest of our rooms were like hotel style keys. So no one really knew about this room because the other half of our barracks were navy. So there was like those guys on the other half. So this room was in like the perfect spot where I could hide you could have all the liquor that you wanted in there because no one knew about it. So one night I went to bed. It was like after I first moved into this room, I still had my other room. I went to bed and dad woke up because someone was literally poking me in the back. And that was the last night I spent in that fucking room because homie don't play that game. <laughs> the like, phantom poker. It was literally like, <laughs> like I've never had it ever happen again. So it wasn't like I just imagined it. Like it was literally like pressure on my back, someone poking me. And I was like, okay, I'm done. We're not staying here anymore. I had just had heart surgery, and I was staying in the opposite bedroom, you know, just so the dogs wouldn't bother me. And Deb says, you know, I'm going to the store. You want to come with me? And I'm just like, you have heart surgery. You're just like beat. You're just really, really tired. And I said, nah, I'll, I'm just going to stay here in bed. And all of a sudden, it was broad daylight. I felt like a pounding on the edge of the bed. And I said, Deb, I'm coming with you. <laughs> all I can think of was like my parents told me, you need to get your ass out of bed. You know, Whiskey Yellow Road yeah. in Beeville. I was driving down that one night with me and my buddies, and uh, I parked right up near the cave next to the watering hole. And we're just like antagonizing anything in there. 
nothing showed, but when we started reading Bible scriptures, we heard nothing, so we decided to get out of there. We go up, we pull a U-turn, and then in my headlights is a little girl in a pink bloody dress walking slowly towards my car. And I've never been so scared in my life that we were all in tears, and I don't know how I got out of that. Our next clip comes from episode six, Anne Longmore Etheridge. Oh boy, she was one of my favorite interviews too. I mean, I can't even, I'm going to say it through it all. There, a lot of them are my favorites, but I had a bond with her because we are interested in the same things, ITC, EVP research, and she's old hat at it. <laughs> I mean, she's been in the game since the 80s. Her stories were incredible. I had a lot of fun with that interview. She gave us a lot of examples. And this clip I'm about to play was just so cool. I had to put it in remembrance. Thank you. 
And basically, the Union Army ran on caffeinated coffee. Some generals apparently would make sure that their men were incredibly caffeinated before battle. And from the time, one diarist noted that as soon as the Union Army stopped anywhere for any period of time, these little campfires would pop up, hundreds of them, and all you would hear was the sound of coffee grinders crushing beans. So they were very, very into their coffee, whereas the Confederates didn't get coffee because of the Union blockade. So they turned to things like chicory coffee and other vegetable-based, non-caffeinated coffees. So it was immensely (laughs) important to them. I'm sure. And the more that I thought about it, sort of the funnier it got, because the second soldier called the coffee official dark boots. And what we know, uh, the official part, was, of course, that it was given to the Union from the government, so it certainly was official. And over and over again in the historic records, they talk about the fact that the soldiers, you know, would basically boil it to sludge, so it certainly was dark. And as far as the boots go, it gave you the strength to march. And it just, the more that I learned, the funnier that got. And then I realized that that's exactly what we do today. Independent coffee houses name their various brands different things, don't they? Yes. So it really seemed to me to sort of back up what the soldiers had said, that they were drinking their morning coffee or their afternoon coffee, and they were calling it official dark boots. So just to wrap that up, I started to wonder about the cheerfulness of it all. And why that would be at that place on the battlefield. And I just started to postulate that perhaps we have at Gettysburg not only a ghost population of soldiers who fought there, but perhaps we also have a ghost population of reenactors who see it as their personal heaven and wish to stay and enjoy themselves. So that set me on a long uh, thinking spell about the possibility that We have a population that is from multiple time periods, potentially all hanging out together and having their morning cuppa together, you know, on the battlefield. I'd love to play this EVP for my listeners now. So I'm going to go ahead and play that official dark boots. I thought that EVP was so cool. It was, what's that coffee? Official dark boots. And it was like two spirits talking to one another. And what a rare capture. Our next episode is episode seven. And that was about a phenomena in the Roman Catholic Church called the incorruptibles. That was so cool. Yeah, it's a very interesting subject. I love the stories behind it. And they seem to be real. There's these dead people that exist that are really well intact. You can find it on YouTube and all over the internet and some of our listeners have actually checked it out and thought it was amazing. They had never heard of it before. But the clip that Becky chose is more of kind of a funny story from that episode where I get fooled by somebody. <laughs> it's <laughs> great. A very naive it's young just, person at the time. <laughs> I had to do it. So without further ado.
one time I went on a trip with my sister, Jessica, and we visited my friend Orlando who lived in New Jersey. It was like Hoboken. And he brought me to this church and the guy that was like a custodian gave us a little tour. This church happened to have a lot of Spanish and Italian immigrant families that built this church. So Spanish, they like their statues to have real clothes and real hair. Where Italians more statuey, but they'll have the same in some areas, but mainly just regular statues. These statues were really neat. Real fabric, clothes, no like carved out statue and real hair. Like someone donated their hair to make wow. a wig. <laughs> so if the Virgin you saw the Virgin Mary there, had real hair and clothes. So the guy told me the hair on the Virgin Mary there, I think it was like Seven Sorrows of the Blessed Mother. Her hair grows every year, so they have to cut it. And I was so blown away by that. I was like, you got to be kidding. And then he's like, yeah, and she flies around the room. And the- <laughs> like What? He-, <laughs> he was totally making up the whole thing. He was setting me up. Me being like, really? <laughs> she flies around I totally around believe the it. Room. Our next episode is episode eight. And that featured Rick again, my nephew, and also my brother, Brian. And we had them on because they're very knowledgeable about horror video games. I thought that was a great episode to reach out to people that are really in the video game like horror genre. I agree. And this episode eight is chilling entertainment. This clip is them explaining a game that you might want to check out. It actually, the way they described it made me want to check that out and play the game. You know, one game that turned out not to be a horror game, but I think kind of falls into the category of a horror game, is, uh, you ever hear of a game called Gone Home? Yes, this game is amazing. Yeah, Brian, why don't don't you give the synopsis on it? Um, basically, you belong to a family with a younger sister, and, uh, you go home, you're, are you coming home from college? Yeah, I think so. You come home from college, and it's kind of like a stormy night, you get home, and the home is empty. And you're trying to figure out, like, where everyone went. And there's little clues everywhere throughout the house. And you can't get to certain parts of the house until you do, like, find keys or... Kind of like Home Alone. Yeah, kind of like Home Alone, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to ruin the ending for anybody who hasn't played it, but it's it's very touching at the end Yeah, of it, what happens. It and, tells this whole encompassing story of the whole family. And I love how it, it takes place in, like, 1995. Yeah, there's a lot of 90s references in it. A lot of... Yeah. Uh, grunge rock and riot oh, girl music oh, and nice. uh, <laughs> x-files type stuff yeah yeah it's like once again kind of like the mansion of lost souls game the setting is kind of creepy but you're yeah. really unraveling this story you don't know what happened like you come home you told your family you're coming home and everyone's gone so you have no idea where they went and it's kind of terrifying yeah there's so many possibilities but what actually happens is very nice yeah, and it's almost sort of they mundane. Went to get pizza. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. She just <laughs> almost lost her mind. But yeah, it's almost sort of mundane. And it's award winning. It's like it didn't win like a ton of awards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. I didn't even um, realize there was a video game award. <laughs> but anybody out there that that uh, wants to try one of the games we're talking about, that would probably be the yeah, one. Yeah. It's it's, a, it's available on a lot of different marketplaces. You don't it's have very to worry. Short. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about getting scared. It's not that expensive. Right. It's just it's... atmospheric. 
Yeah. Okay. And you'll kind of tear up at the end. You're not going to get any bloody horror, no. jump scare. But you always think you are. Yeah. Oh, okay. you're playing it. That's the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of, you know, when you're a kid and you're alone in, in the house at night, like everyone's asleep or maybe your parents went out and, you know, you're preteen. So everything is still kind of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're still kind of afraid of the dark and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that feeling. You're walking through your parents' house alone. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of put me back in, like, my 13-year-old shoes, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. playing that game. I don't know. Yeah. It's Yeah, I think I, I think a lot of people get something out of it. Our next clip comes from Episode 9, which was Situational Terror with Jason Wicks. And this was such a fun episode. Jason's an old friend of ours we grew up with and had a lot of fun times with. And he just brings the fun into the podcast world. So... Steph and I like to have him on for major bonus episodes around the holidays because he's kind of a weird genius. In the whole episode, we're talking about situational terror. I mean, we're we're going over, you know, your typical Halloween movies and things like that. But we technically, <laughs> we give each other situations to try to get out of or pick a response to the situation. They end up in pure hilarity. I know. And we don't know how these episodes are really going to turn out. And we're just laughing and having so much fun. So this was, it's fun for us to do. It is. So I hope you guys get a laugh and enjoy it. give you 143 million dollars for this one nice. i mean this this would take care of student loans this sets you up for life here you have to drill a hole into your skull just enough to expose your brain and then you have to walk through a room of zombies would you do it no 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 not yeah, for not... 143 million dollars i mean infection would even if i got away from the zombies the infection would already set in and um i think <laughs> By the time I got to the hospital, and you got to wait in line at the hospital. Hey, my brain is exposed. Sir, will you wait 45 minutes? Sit over there, please. I also have to add that Jason is just a master at having all the situations be so realistic for him. You know, it seems like every time we give him this far out, <laughs> completely fictional <laughs> situation. He really thinks about he it. He really hard. does. I mean, he comes <laughs> up with like, you know, I'm going to get pneumonia. I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> have a heart attack but uh that's so much fun so our next clip comes from episode 10 which is so that happened with rachel sweeting rachel is so cool we had such a good time with her she definitely has some abilities don't you think steph definitely yeah i mean she shared a lot of stuff pre-podcast with us and she's actually quite incredible with her abilities Hey, 
as a child, I experienced a lot of weird stuff that I didn't understand. A lot of stuff happened in the middle of the night. I'd wake up to weird things, and then I'd get freaked out. So then I'd always run down to my mom and dad's room and probably really disturb them, and then they'd bring me back to bed. But on one particular night, I woke up feeling freaked out, did the same thing, ran down to my parents' room. My mom said, I'll tuck you in, just let me go to the bathroom first. So she's in the bathroom, I'm sitting in my bed, and I don't have my glasses on, so everything's blurry. I'm looking at my doorway. From the way that the living room was coming opposite of the bathroom, I see a woman in a long red long sleeve shirt, long black hair, swing around in my doorway to look at me, and it's all blurry because I don't have my glasses on. (laughs) So all I know is I put the blankets over my head and started screaming for my mom and have no idea who it was. Did you ever see her again since? No. I had a weird experience as a kid that another one I can't explain to this day. I don't know if it was paranormal or if I had a fever. Was I sick? Was it the little people? (laughs) They were little people. They were also dressed like 1960s or 50s. I don't know what you call it. Like sock hop dancers. (laughs) She's wearing a poodle skirt. I figured it out. There's been carbon monoxide in your house. You were going into deserts. Seeing little sock hop people at the end of your bed. I lived in had a lot of stuff going on in it. But I don't know what to attribute this to because it would be like my first paranormal or mental experience. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember waking up early and looking at the end of my bed and they were standing at the end of my bed and I was so scared that I threw the covers over my head. What? Okay, wait. So you're seeing John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John standing down there like grease lightning. Basically. And you're scared of that? I was, little. I was Yeah, they were little, and they they were trying to get my attention. How big is little? We're talking a couple inches. Like Barbie doll big, you know, like like kind of, yeah. So not like munchkin land little, littler than that. Yeah, they weren't like munchkin people. They look like us, but shrunk down to a Barbie size. It's like real, they look like real people. Did they talk? Yes, they talked to me. I don't remember what they said. Did and they sing? No. I got chills, flying. <laughs> so from episode 11 was the demon seer, June Lundgren. Oh, we had fun with her. She was a trip. She was a trip. And she was actually just so informative. And if you had any doubt, she speaks with such confidence yeah. with everything. Absolute truth type stuff you know like she just says what it is it's hard not to believe her because she believes it and i I mean we've had experiences that are well that people seek her out too and get help so there's people are getting help from her people that can't get clergy to help them or just they have a major problem she's the last resort and true and she's been all over tv guys she's been all over the radio she's been on podcasts if she was this crazy demon lady I think people would have dismissed her a long time ago.
they're trying to come into our world. Most of the time, we're a pain in the rear for them. They don't really care one way or another. But the new agenda for them is to open a dark portal. And I'm not talking just about, you know, there's a lot of little ones running around. But I'm talking about a huge dark portal so that the old demons can come into the world. We can't have that happening. This is not a good thing. In 2018, January 25th edition of Newsweek, the Vatican came out and said, we're training more exorcists than ever because of increase in possession cases. I mean, the Vatican never says boo, you know, about anything like that. For them to come out and break their silence and say that, that's something untoward, so to speak. But it's true. Since the COVID things hit, it just brings a lot of anxiety out, a lot of depression, a lot of fear, you know, so... My cases have increased substantially uh, all over the world. I get cases from Netherlands, Australia. I had one from Australia last night I worked on. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, it's just increasing substantially. And they're trying more and more to get into our world. And it's kind of bizarre because there's a hierarchy in, in the dark side. Uh, the old demons, you know, there's Lucifer and then there's his generals. There's three of them. And then there are the old demons. I would say they were equal to the archangels in abilities. They're some of the oldest ones. Usually we're not worth their time and effort. They kind of sit back and watch things happen. And then there are the what I call the lesser demons. They're like hormonal teenagers. And they like to come into the physical world and cause problems, as much problems as they can. But the dark ones are all about using people of power to cause pain and suffering. They don't care about the individual one. They want to use people of power to manipulate, to cause worldwide problems. They're like on the big scale. I listen back to these clips and it's like reminiscing. I love it. Yes. I feel like we've gained so much information from all of our guests. It's, it's like we have a library of books in a way. You know, like it's like every episode is something knowledgeable. A and living it's, library. It's going to be there forever in a way like it's on the internet it so. is and people can learn from this they can be entertained by it so that's so cool mm -hmm. episode 12 was natural disaster ghosts and this episode was about what happens when there's a, a huge tragedy why are there ghosts left behind there's like an uptick with people's experiences like we feature you know the tsunami in japan it's going on there and so this was a question for us that we really don't have an answer for either, you know. We don't, but we discussed it, and I think it spawned off from watching that Netflix. Was it Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah, it was Unsolved Mysteries. The newer ones. Yeah, and I think that really just got us thinking. Yeah. But here's that clip now. Eleven was a rough year, not just because of the Japan earthquake and tsunami, but if you remember, Christchurch, New Zealand had an earthquake, yes, and that killed about 185 people. And there were reports of ghostly hauntings that had come out of there as well. Again, in 2011, same year, and I don't know what it is with 2011, but Joplin, Missouri, had a tornado. If you remember that, and that yes. killed over 150 people. Yeah, there. 
there's been a lot of natural disasters. Not obviously for that year, but it just seems like it's just every been year, up. you know, it just picks up. But but also we get to hear news on a different scale. If this was back how many years ago when we didn't have this type of constant 24 hour a day news, would we know this happened at all? Would we be interested in the statistics, weather statistics or things like this to know that it happened at all? You know, sometimes newspapers would put things out. I know my grandfather's day, if it happened in another country, it would take two weeks or more until they heard about it. Yeah, it's amazing how far we've come. So now we're so connected in and we can actually get a hold of people's personal videos that they post up on the internet. We can actually see different accounts of these activities and these happenings. I know. Do you think that it's more now or do you think that we just hear about it more because of news? Because mm, I, I don't really know the facts on I, that. I mean, obviously, we can't deny that there is some sort of climate change happening mm -hmm. and there are earth changes occurring. Yeah. So... I do believe we are kind of spiraling into that mm -hmm. and, and there is a pickup with these events. But I also think that holds hand in hand with the fact that we have easy access to information. Mm -hmm. Like you said before, we were waiting two weeks to hear something international. Now we could just turn on CNN or we can open up our browser and boom, there it is. Yeah. Our next clip is from episode 13 and it was Granite State Phenomena with Tom Stebbins. I sat down with him and had riveting conversation. Everything from UFOs to his house being haunted by a black figure. And uh, I had a lot of fun with Tom. son right now he's six going on seven but about a little over four years ago we moved into our new house and there was some history behind that as well i found out the family that actually lived here at the time when it was brand new their last names were the smith ironically these people were the grandparents of this guy that my mother used to work with at her job. There was some conversation about it one day with her and her coworker. He put it together knowing, hey, wait a minute, they're living in my grandparents' old house. That's crazy, right? Well, come to fucking find out, <laughs> this guy, the grandfather, passed away in here and he never left. And there's some reasons probably behind that now there is a shed outside of the house that also i noticed we have electricity and we have a workbench and so on like within this shed well come to find out this guy's grandfather loved to do some woodworking and he spent a lot of time in this shed he did a lot of obviously various projects and so on well when we first moved in my son, between two, three, a little, you know, halfway between three, maybe, give or take, he started telling us certain things he was witnessing around the house. And the first incident was that he sees a guy, he calls him the black guy, 
That's scary. I know it sounds not in a racist <laughs> no, way, but probably but, in a shadowy but, way. But yeah, but to get clarification, we still ask because you never know. And no, he said he was just black, like he dressed black and whatever, but you couldn't see his face and whatnot. Well, the first place to see him, he said the black guy came out of the shed. Now, what's crazy about that, though, is even after telling you guys that we knew this guy's grandparents lived here, we didn't know that at the time. And when my son was seeing this apparition, we made sure that we uh, always remembered that, let alone some of the other things that the apparition was apparently doing, which now this twisted. The guy was standing at the foot of the bed, staring down at us. And my son said he could see this. Episode is 14, and that was Cults with Brian Eady. And that was also my brother who came to join us that day for the show. Yeah, we have Brian on often as well as Ricky. Yes, they're good to have. It's not a supernatural subject, but it's a well, it's it can close be. to it, and it can, it can be. be. You know, I yeah. think with cults comes a spiritual belief system. So it was very interesting. It's very disturbing too, but it's 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 a good listen. Here's cults with Brian Eady. into a, a very small town, very conservative, very old school town that was like basically farmers. They did not like these people coming in with their robes and their kind of weirdo hippie ideas. They were considered like hippies back then. You yeah, know? they probably, yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they looked the part. The locals would say that they could hear the people having sex at nighttime throughout the whole compound. Like they, <laughs> they built their own city basically with their own like lakes and rivers and and buildings and everything and it's completely amazing how much they put into this little town that's why they didn't want to leave because they had does anyone live there now is it like actual place no they, no. they all left yeah but it's just empty like no I, actually yeah to? i'm not 100 percent sure if maybe a remnant of the religion is still there i'm not i'm not even saying religion like did anyone occupy it just for normal reasons i don't think so there? i don't know i don't know if they tore it down or it's definitely considered the first bioterrorist attack in the united states yeah bioterrorist attack? Yeah, yeah, because he poisoned them with the salmonella. And it was in retaliation because I guess there was a bombing in a hotel where a lot of the cultists lived. So they thought they were being attacked by the locals. So it was like a, a back and forth of weird violence. They armed themselves with guns, the cultists, because they were afraid of the people carrying guns. Our next clip is from episode 15 with Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops. Boy, did this lady live a life. She's probably one of the most educated people we've talked to so far. I mean, all the books that she has written. Classes and, oh my gosh, she's done it all. Teacher at university. Nurse. Yeah, she's 
she's had a full life. It she almost has. seems impossible, but it was even hard finding yeah. a clip from this because there was so much. But yeah. uh, I just picked a, a nice little interesting clip to share because her experiences ranged from World War II to the Beatles. Yes, yeah. And uh, I think this one might pique your interest. Then the other thing that I could not talk about was all my alien encounters, floating up to spaceships and working with them. And, uh, you know, the fact that I was seduced at 15, still a virgin, and had a, a pregnancy. And I actually brought my daughter up on, on the ship, so I used to go up there. And all the tests and all the things people say they do to us is not in reality. It's all done telepathy-wise. And they watch us from generation to generation. They're not just taking people at random. So our next clip is from episode 16, Paranormal News Share. It was fun to do. We, we cracked a lot of jokes through it. We did. And we hope to do these more often and just stay up with current paranormal events and just bring you the news as we get it. I know. I have a new one, too. So oh. I can't wait. I've been well, saving it. You just phone. save it for after the new year, will you? <laughs> I will. <laughs> but here's a fun little clip of Steph and I having fun with one of the articles she came across. A doll he brings along with him started crying for no reason. According to the Daily Post, Annie is believed to have been possessed by a malevolent being, which Matt says helps bring forward spirits and activity on his investigations. At his most recent investigation at Hideout, I think it's called Hideout, okay. this place, he claims to have heard a ghost screaming, the sound of children running around, and made a communication with a 170-year-old cobbler. Is cobbler... An elf? <laughs> Here in the States it is. He sells cookies. But there, I believe he's a shoe man. That's a shoe. Yeah, shoemaker. Yeah, shoemaker. Okay, so. And those are Keebler elves. We oh. totally messed that up. But anyways. Well, isn't it? Oh, a, co a cobbler <laughs> might be a dessert. A popular dessert. Yeah, it's cob <laughs> cobbler's dessert. Some <laughs> apple cobbler. Okay. 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 <laughs> so let me ask you this the doll cries mm -hmm. her name is annie do they say annie are you okay <laughs> are, are you, you okay, okay annie, annie? <laughs> <laughs> are you okay <laughs> our next clip comes from episode 17 and that was into the akashic with Mackenzie grant i had a blast with Mackenzie. she is so smart and fun and really has just a great personality the information she shared was, I mean, it really resonated with me, and I hope it resonated with our audience. Also, I should give a shout out for Mackenzie again, too, because she has her own podcast called Weirdo. That's an Akashic podcast. So if you get a chance to check that out, you can find that on all the major platforms. And uh, here's a clip from Into the Akashic with Mackenzie Grant. Into the fourth dimension. Amongst the clouds, 
why the records resonated with me immediately when I learned about them is from a young age, I could feel that like everything was always happening all at once. And in the records, time isn't linear. So we are experiencing realities, different dimensional realities as we're sitting here. So it's kind of hard for our human brain to understand, but we exist in different energetic forms, different planes of existence, different dimensions. But if we're going to think about it in terms of linear time, some of us have lived as beings in other galaxies. Some of us have lived as animals, especially when we do an earth life. And I think being a human, this is one of the things that it helps being a human guide is understanding that the human experience is one where when our soul chooses to have a human experience, uh, we kind of sign on the dotted line that we'll abide by certain rules and laws of physical form and all of that. But we've experienced other realities. So that can come into play in our human lifetime. And when we leave this human lifetime, we go through kind of a debriefing and we talk about what we learned and what we still need to learn. And We may choose to come back into human form after that lifetime, or we may choose to go work in the Akashic Records, be a messenger, be a guide, be a a transporter. Like there's so many different things you can do. I've done readings for people where they're like, well, I want to know about all my past lives. And I'm like, well, you've really only had two other human lives so far, but you've had other experiences. So there's so many different experiences that our souls have had, and it's not necessarily going from human life to human life to human life to human life. We're going to play a clip from episode 18, Controversial Mystics. And this episode was about how even when you, you're a gifted person spiritually and you're doing everything right, there's always a controversy because there's a lot of difficulties you're going to come across. So I, I want to explain that a bit. And the clip we're featuring is about a, a personal encounter that I had with someone who had a miracle. was a young woman from Sicily, a young girl, and her mother took her there to get her a healing. She was born without pupils. Don't have her name for you, but you can definitely find her if you just look up the story. Is it all just like white eyeballs? I don't know what they look like because I never saw them. When I was with the sisters, they did four masses a day and we did the music. Music was awesome. I loved doing it. And I would do two masses and some other sister would do the other two for, you know, the music part. So we end up just walking out. We'd go out the back way like no people could go this in and out this way, only religious. So all of a sudden this uh, priest or friar, he's kind of old, yells out to us and he's like, you know, he's like, come back. I, w- I have someone to- I want you to meet, you know. Wait, what did he do? To come back. I don't got someone to do to meet. <laughs> yes, just like that. Okay. You just triggered about a million Italians. Okay. <laughs> so, 
So we go back and there's this woman with sunglasses, kind of old. And he's like, I want to introduce you. This is the little girl that Padre Pio. So this woman can see because of Padre Pio, but still has no pupils. And she told us, you know, she wears the glasses because her eyes look strange. Our next clip is from episode 19, and that was with Positively Mark Christopher. Boy, what an awesome guy he is, isn't he? He, he really is. He, he was so nice and so gracious. And he's also another super popular out there, a big name. He is. I mean, I think back to the beginning in our introduction, how we spoke about how we're never going to have anyone famous or we don't know anyone famous. And here we have these incredible people coming forward to share their information with us. And they were just so kind and friendly. This clip is very inspiring because Mark is inspiring. And he just wanted to, I think, help people through this time. Quarantine. 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 I think that when we're sitting at home, our level of angst is through the roof. We're worried about things. I think that our loved ones on the other side are trying to help us, reach out to us. And my first contacts with people on the other side were nerve-wracking. I was not happy about them. I was afraid of it. I didn't know what to make of it. So for that reason, I think that All these people sitting at home, having a little more time to be at home, and then raising their level of anxiety, nervousness, fear, all of those things are, I think, contributing to a higher level of paranormal psychic activity. Also, too, for all of our listeners, I want people to know that they may not be aware of it, but they're probably going through a lot of stress. So, I mean, a lot of people who are self-aware are saying, okay, I know this is a bad, crazy time. And then there's other people that are more reacting to their feelings without considering the source. So I would say that anybody who's like, if you're feeling extra crazed right now, really step back and say, okay, there's a lot going on. This is an unusual time. This is not the new normal. This is the temporary normal. And that for us to just be aware that we don't have to react to Every feeling, good, bad, or indifferent, we have to be conscious of them. We have to, if you're feeling very angry and frustrated, look at the source and then look at a a positive way to manage it. That's what I would suggest that we do. And positive ways could be picking up a phone and talking to a friend and saying, I'm feeling a little freaked out today. And then rather than just sitting in a generalized sense of anxiety, taking a look at like what might have triggered that. And I think that that's fairly useful. So our next clip is from episode 20, Guidestones, Number Stations, and Conspiracy. Oh my. Our guest that day was Rick again. He had a lot to say about number stations. I never heard of them before. And I don't imagine that a lot of people know about this. So it's a great conversation. I had a lot of fun with that episode. I did too. I I thought it was really great. It was not only just a huge learning experience, but Rick brought a lot to the table and I actually didn't mind the conspiracies. I didn't mind his thoughts because Mm -hmm. he is a very rational, logical thinker and he offered up a lot of great information. Here is Guidestones, Number Stations and Conspiracies. Oh my.
the Guidestones are like a hammer over the face. You yeah. know what they're saying. Yeah. Yes, you can read into it a little bit and maybe de- decipher some more. But when someone builds a Stonehenge copy that is like directly facing the sun, is on a ley line, and is telling all but 500,000 people of the world to kill themselves, you know that's pretty evil. These things, on the other hand, they seem to have relation to worldly events. Some of them, like that Yosemite Sam one, I think might have a really sick meaning. You know, I mean... You just gave me chills. What do you mean? Elaborate on that one. He's talking about, you know, I'm going to blow y'all to smithereens. You know, it's... Some of them are... And I'm sure tons of them are decoys too, right? To keep people wrapped up in them. People have to trust their gut more. I think in today's world, we've had our own instincts beaten out of us and we've replaced them with the reason of other people. And when you listen to that and like you just said, like you got chills back, listen to that because that's probably the right way to feel. Don't hold off on that and wait until some person who society says knows more about it than you will explain to you that it's this, that, or the other thing. It's like, I don't know this person, and I don't know what their gains are. But what got humanity you know, through the first million years of existence was trusting their gut, yeah, not listening to other people who might not have your best interests at heart. So if you can get anything away from all of the blackpilling I've done throughout this podcast, <laughs> that's what I want to say. Listen to your gut. Our next clip comes from episode 21. And that was grieving the loss of a child with Christina Tracy. When I sat down with Christina, I wasn't fully prepared to hear the story about the loss of her child. I don't know if anyone can ever be prepared for that. She was so inspiring and so filled with strength. The honesty that she brought into this conversation and the fact that she came in to even share this event was huge. And I think it helped a lot of people out there that are experiencing this. This is another episode that is doing really well. A lot of listeners on this. Because I think all of us, whether it be the loss of a child, a grandparent, a spouse, we all lose someone at some point in our life. And grief is grief. Hearing someone talk about getting through their grief and being able to survive it, it's just... It's therapeutic, for, I think, for most people. It is. So... Here's a nice little inspirational uh, message from Christina. I think what I want people to know, especially parents, anybody grieving. What you just said, you go at your own pace. There is no right or wrong in the grieving process. And I have to constantly tell myself that. But you do you. And don't let anybody tell you what you're doing is wrong because you're doing what you need to do just to survive right now. And that's the most important. You grieve how you want. Episode 22 was about Marian apparitions, specifically one that happened in Rwanda, Africa, back in the early 80s. I tried to use that history and compare it to present day politics. To draw parallels for sure. Yes. 
Yeah. But this clip is actually a little bit of levity from that episode because that was a kind of a serious episode. And Steph and I like to have fun in between, you know, just bring the spirits up a bit. <laughs> so <laughs> this was a really fun clip and I'm going to play that for you now. Hey, Steph, you know what? Yeah. We have a caller on the line. We do. It's the first time <laughs> this happened. We do. It's the magic of technology. I finally got a component that allows for phone calls to come through. Hi, caller. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, this is Kat, and I'm calling from the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, caller, what is your question? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm wondering, what's the craziest thing that either of you have been through in the last 24 hours? Well, thank you for that question, Kat, from the living room. Steph, you want to take this? Okay. <laughs> thank you, caller. Okay. All right, I'll take this back because coincidentally, <laughs> something in the past 24 hours has happened to me. So our next clip is from episode 23, Music Conspiracy. And that was a fun one, too. I enjoyed that one a lot. I think we brought a lot to the table. Actually, we got some feedback from our listeners that said they actually went looking after they heard our episode. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like, I had no idea about Fall McCartney. <laughs> what do you call it? Fall McCartney or, fall. Fall, or fall? Oh, Fall like Paul. Yeah. So, okay. No, <laughs> uh, oh, that was really interesting. So the clip that you chose to use, just briefly talking about a few of the things. One is like the eye covering like we call it the Illuminati eye. Mm -hmm. And what was after that you were talking about? We'll just play it for him. Yes, we'll just play it for you. Yeah. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of famous people, including musicians, but other celebrities, that when they do these like professional photo shoots, they cover their eye with their hand or they cover it with their hair or an item. And it's it's been done so many times that there's a conspiracy that's like an Illuminati symbol. I mean, it makes sense if they keep doing it, there's something up with that. I know. Or it's the same photographer and he can't think outside the box. <laughs> I don't know. Stevie Wonder isn't blind. Yeah. <laughs> now, there was a video and in this video, and you can YouTube this, you can go in and type in Stevie Wonder catches a microphone stand. He's singing Hey Jude with Paul McCartney, weirdly, or Faux McCartney for all we know. <laughs> And in the video, they're singing na, 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 na. And Paul goes, or faux Paul, goes running down past everyone. And as he does, he hits this microphone stand. And this microphone stand kind of flips towards Stevie Wonder. And Stevie just randomly puts his hand out and kind of catches it 
between his hand and his arm on his forearm. Now, here's what's weird. Like, I know blind people have a little bit of... I think they have extra sensory with their ears and other things because they have to rely on them more. Right. But they're singing very loudly at this point. So I don't know how he could have heard that microphone stand. I don't even think that made a sound. And if it did, I don't know if you could hear it over everyone singing. He weirdly catches it. The next clip comes from episode 24, and that was with Animal Intuitive Lynn McKenzie. And again, we got another very popular person to come onto the show just to share her experiences. And not only that, she offered a lot of cool things. Like there's free classes you can take from her. Uh, If you go to her website, she had just a lot of cool stories to share. Very interesting. If you're into animals, I highly recommend going back and listening to that. You might glean some things on communicating with your own pet. I remember when I first got into this at my house in Toronto, it was like a 1940s post-war bungalow with all the gumwood trim and leaded glass and all that kind of stuff. And I had been in there maybe, I don't know, I want to say maybe a year. I can't remember. I hadn't been in there that long. And I kept finding these huge centipedes that were just, I don't know why, but they were horrifying to me. Mm, And I remember one day I was going for a run and I grabbed my running shoes out of the closet and I went to put my foot in the running shoe and out runs a centipede that was like three inches long or something. And it just like, I mean, I don't know why, but I was terrified. So then I decided I better start talking to them as I took this training. And I had a whole conversation with them. And they had told me that they were there to help me develop my psychic intuitive abilities and all kinds of stuff that went on with them. And after I had gotten what they came to teach me, I never even saw them again. You know, I didn't do any chemicals or extermination or anything like that because I'm not for any of that kind of thing. I don't, I just, you know, I've spoken to spiders. I had a whole big conversation with a fly that landed on me. I was at a, um, <laughs> actually, do you know Lily? Do you know Lily Dale? And it's not really upstate. I call it upstate New York, but I don't think it really yeah, is. Yeah, it's not far from me, actually. It's a couple hours from me. Oh, really? So I've been going to, because Toronto is only about three hours from Lilydale. So I've been going to Lilydale since probably my 30s. And I've actually even taught at Lilydale a couple of years back, maybe five years ago, maybe I can't remember. But I was at Lilydale years ago when I had first gotten into this work. And this fly landed on me when I was walking back to the guest house I was staying at. And I sat down on the stairs because it was still on me. And we had this big, long, ongoing conversation. And short of bringing it into the house with me, which I don't think they would have been too thrilled with, it was an amazing interaction. And I had read, um, there's a book that was written way back, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I want to say in the 50s maybe or so. And um, it was all about this guy's was it all creatures great and small I can't remember but it was about this guy and I had read the book and it was all about this guy's interaction and I can't remember if it was with a fly or another bug but anyways after that I had this deep interaction with a fly and I can't say I'm always a hundred percent 
Mosquitoes aren't my favorite. No matter how much I talk to them, and there's a lot of them in New York at certain times of year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got eaten alive once at Lilydale by them. And, I mean, they would they would not leave me alone no matter what I did. And it was just one particular summer that was so rainy, and we were right on the lake and everything. But, yeah, so I have had some really amazing connections with all forms of life. Well, we're coming close to the end now. Episode 25, Happy Holidays. This was a recent episode that Steph and I did together. And again, we had a lot of fun with this one. It was very fun. (laughs) I think people that gave feedback on that one really enjoyed hearing the different cultural traditions from around the world. How strange and fascinating and frightening some of them were. It really is. I mean, I didn't know the majority of them. So just reading about it and then uh, being able to share was really a lot of fun. It was. And I think you guys will like this next clip. Perchta was said to roam the countryside at midwinter and to enter homes during the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany. Do you know what Epiphany is? Yeah, that's when the three kings arrived where Jesus was born. And there's not a lot known with the timing of that because they're not sure if Jesus was just born or if if it's a while, like maybe. Right, yeah, the date is unconfirmed. But this Frau Perchta would uh, show up especially on the 12th night, and she would know whether the children and the young servants of the household had behaved well and worked hard each year. If they had, they might find a small silver coin the next day in a shoe or a pail. Now, if they had not, she would slit their bellies open, remove their stomach and guts, and stuff the hole with straw and pebbles. (laughs) She was particularly concerned to see that girls had spun their whole of their allotted portion of flax or wool during the year. She would also slit people's bellies open and stuff them with straw if they ate something on the night of her feast day, other than the traditional meal of fish and gruel. What country was that from? That was Austria and Bavaria. They love to scare the kids on this day for some reason oh in that country. God, like, she's coming to slit my belly, Mama. I did not <laughs> spin enough wool. <laughs> Our last clip is from episode 26, Xmas Bonus with Jason Wicks. Oh, yeah. We had fun with this one. Yeah, this is where they induced me with alcohol oh, to yeah. become a zombie Santa. <laughs> Guys, we had to. Beck and I are at the mall, and we're kids, and zombie santa stuff is there and we both sit on her lap and we tell zombie santa stuff what we want for christmas santa how are you doing today why is there rot around your mouth <laughs> santa's scary he's scary santa, are you okay you be quiet <laughs> tell me just tell me dungo <laughs> Is Santa smelling you weirdly, Jason? I don't smell. You smell. 
<laughs> Children smell bad. May smell good, like rotten flesh. Okay, Santa, uh, I would like some Legos and a light bright and a pony. My little pony. <laughs> I gave you light bright. That's it. Go now. But 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 Santa, I I I want the new He-Man figure, and and I want some some Tinker toys. Can you can you hook me up? One He-Man. You go now. Get off my lap. I now! Like, I don't like this, Santa. Ugh. One man. Why is his jaw falling off? I know eat today. <laughs> Santa, why are you rolling at my arm? Juicy like KFC. Me eat you. Hurry and go before I eat all of you. I get you He-Man. I get you Light Bright. Go now. So that's it, guys. That was our best of, in a nutshell. That was season one. We're going to be heading into season two after the New Year's, but we're going to be taking a little break and then we'll be back. I was even thinking we might be switching one of our days up. Uh, we might switch from Monday and keep our Wednesdays and maybe go to a Thursday or Friday. We haven't figured that out yet, but we're going to be shifting the days around. We'll definitely be on on the Wednesday. We'll keep you informed as to when our second episode will drop each week. I was just going to wish everybody a very happy New Year. Yeah. We're hoping that 2021 really brings in some great things and, and out with the old and with the new. I think everybody wants a new start. Everybody, because this world is going through a lot of trouble, mm -hmm. political, health issues. You name it. And uh, I think everybody's sick of COVID. And I, I know that I'm tired of it. <laughs> I think. Myself. Yeah, we're all sick of being sick. Yeah. 15 countries have been listening to us, Steph. 15 countries from the around latest the world. one was uh, Slovakia. Slovakia. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, just incredible the listenership that's coming in. And I just see it increasing tenfold. Um, we really want to hear from you. It's, you know, I'm trying to imagine are you expats? You know, are you Americans staying over there listening to us? Yeah. Or, if, or if you are actually from those countries? But please. Send an email to Becky. Yeah, uh, I check know. the emails. You know, let me give out our email address again. It's to the spirit pod at gmail.com. We'd love to read your questions, your stories. We'll dedicate an episode to it. I know if anyone wants to be on the show and they feel like they have a great story. Give us some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank everybody for tuning in to us and uh, for being our listeners. Yeah, thank you for being our listeners. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. To the spirit podcast. Supernatural science. Alien. I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source. Heaven. The dead. It's magic, magic.